<clears throat> Let's go, baby. No hangover today. I had a hangover cure. Talking to Tim Legler? You hey. got an extension, too? Well, actually, wait. Why am I happy? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the DMVR Nuggets Podcast. Let's go. Let's go. we go. My goodness. I Even though it is a hangover day, I do feel good. Why do I feel good for somebody else getting a bunch of money? You're right. This is stupid. Why do we like That's sports? That's why I'm asking. Why do we root for like players and coaches and franchises it's yeah. the weirdest thing but we yet, should eat the rich Wait. yet here i am Wait. on a monday a gloomy winter monday feeling a 10 out of 10 the denver nuggets extend michael malone we're going to be talking about that we're going to have a celebration of mocha of some uh, of sorts really an iconic character in denver sports and we're going to get have the uh we're going to have fun by looking back at some of our favorite moments i hope to hear from you on some of your favorite ones we also have hangover takes I kind of have a different take on this game than I did last night, guys. More so than usual after going back and rewatching it. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what players are going to be around for the entirety of this Malone extension. We know Michael Malone will. We know Nikola Jokic. Who else? To help me talk about all of those things, I've got Brennan Vogt. What's up, fellas? What is up? Uh, most moach celebration is in order for the most moach coach in the league, yeah. who is now one of the most well-compensated coaches in the league. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. And it's true. That, that's an important detail we'll get to over there, Harrison Wynn. I feel like we should all have little uh, fireball shots <laughs> we that we take actually, right. during the show in <laughs> honor of Michael Malone's greatest parade performance of all time. We should have that's turned right, up yeah. today for we the show. We didn't prepare well enough. We did not prepare. One. Well, to be fair, like we didn't hear about it till this morning. Uh, Woj drops the bomb. But before we get into Malone, let's couch our excitement, you guys. Let's couch our excitement. We got to talk some shop. Nuggets lost. We did a whole loser's lounge yesterday, and we talked about um, the bench only scoring eight points. Six of those were calling. We talked about some of the lineup combinations. I think that was the most important reason that the Nuggets lost. I don't think that's very controversial. The bench, you know, wasn't very good. And yet, the Nuggets still had a chance to steal it. They still were within striking distance. In fact, when the bench was done, that, that original bench, and they go to a staggered bench with Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon, the game was tied. So you could make a case that even with all of that damage, the Nuggets should have won this game even when the bench minutes were done. So what happened? First of all, have either of you had a chance to rewatch the game or yes. hangover take, any, any fresh perspective on it? No. I have not rewatched the game. I have rewatched the game. Um, I was a little more higher on AG than you guys were. Um, at the time of the watch and even after post-watch, although I'll admit something was missing. And then I caught this on first watch as well, but we just didn't talk about it much in the show. Like, it was a, it was one of the, the poor defensive performances from Porter Jr. We know, talked about it overall in, in as while. an overall thing. Yeah, we did. I just think, like, it was, you know, in the fourth quarter. And th the specifically the point that we haven't talked about Porter being a part of the game plan in a long time. But he was part of the Houston Rockets game plan last night, yeah. attacking him. Obviously, the Fred Van Vliet switches worked out for Houston. That's a bit of a mismatch. But it was more of just the way that they relentlessly attacked him in the fourth quarter. And it yielded some success, a lot of success. It's disappointing because part of me felt like we might be at a point with Michael Porter where we just wouldn't have to think about his defense in a negative way at all. Part of me was hoping we were just completely past that and he wasn't going to have any more games like this, I had kind of convinced myself that we were. Just from now on, Porter, he's just going to be an above-average defender. He's not going to have these games where it's like, oh, Michael Porter's defense. Um, but I think this was a little reminder that there might still be a couple of these games here and there. So good defense, bad defense, like whatever. That That's one part of it. It happens. Every, Jokic has bad defensive moments and bad defensive games throughout the course of the year. Of course, yeah. The thing that's interesting to me is that that team has Ime Adoka, who's a very good coach. They also have Jeff Green, who is a veteran, a very smart player, and a guy who was on the Nuggets for two years. He knows this Nuggets team pretty much as well as any player that's in the league, you know, just in terms of what their strengths and weaknesses are. And it was brought up by Fred Van Vliet in the game after the, and by, I think, Ime Adoka after the game that, yeah, I talked to Jeff Green. He came into the office and said, uh, Here's how you beat the Nuggets. Here's how we should. Everybody thinks you're supposed to put Porter in pick and roll. 
That's not the case. He's actually really good. I love that Jeff Green is on the on the Jokic side of all this. He said the you, real. You, you mean Jokic? You meant Jokic? You said Porter. You oh, meant I'm sorry. Jokic. He said Jokic. Yeah. He said everybody thinks you're supposed to put Jokic in pick and roll. That's not the case. Jokic is actually pretty good, and you're going to be spinning your wheels. The real mark is Michael Porter, and in particular, trying to confuse him in pick and roll. You start the fourth quarter, and by the way, the list, I'll probably have it out later this evening. The list is just going to run through the entire fourth quarter. I think every possession that Porter is in the game and just go mm -hmm. through. Because on rewatch, it was alarming that every single time down, minus one or two possessions, every single time it was slow things down, spread it out, Michael, whoever Michael's guy is guarding, you come up and, and run the action. This is the first time we've seen that in a while, in I a feel while. like. Yeah. We've just repeated like that. And, and to be honest... The results on it are somewhat mixed because there were some stops that were made, including by Michael Porter, who had like a really good block shot on, on one play. But it does hint that defense is about not making mistakes and then making plays, right? I always talk about this. It's the two things. There were a lot of mistakes that were made on all of these pick and rolls. And Porter made some plays and other guys made some plays and some guys missed shots. But whether it was Jalen Green... Whether it was Fred Van Fleet, the two most like the the two most used culprits in attacking, but even Dylan Brooks, mm. uh, um, who else did they use as pick and roll ball handlers? It was a, it was like almost everyone on the team was like, yeah, we'll get a turn attacking him. And the thing was, I thought Porter made plays, wrote you know like scrambled, but he made a mistake on almost every single one of them. And there were not just set the screen, get the switch that happened a lot, but there was also set the screen or fake the screen and slip and Porter would jump out of position. And it's those types of things that make me concerned. It's how quick is he firing, you know, Michael Porter, how quick is he firing on, okay, they're doing this type of screen. I need to show, I need to get here or whatever. And they would just disguise those actions in ways where he was out of position a lot. And almost every play was Denver in rotation because yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we definitely saw it live during the game and, um, from now on, I mean, that's on film now. Mm -hmm. So that that's something that, that teams who are scouting the Nuggets, like the Clippers, who are here at Ball Arena tomorrow night, they definitely watch that game. They definitely watch Nuggets-Rockets in the fourth quarter. So Denver should be prepared to see that exact same thing tomorrow night. Yeah, it's on film for the Nuggets too, right? So it's on Malone and, and Porter, mostly Porter, to shore that up. Um, and so look, it's... Probably not the worst thing in the world for him to get that on tape early in the season, you know, as opposed to in the playoffs or in the first round. And it's yeah. it's an important wrinkle. I mean, I also think that there are elements to this game where I've Porter's defensive focus, I think, is always a little less so when he's the second option. And I think there are a lot of wins taken out of the sales by uh, all bench lineup stretch that literally scored zero points while Jokic was off the floor. So I do think, like... We are. It's an important detail. I do think we easily wander back into scapegoat Mike territory here. Like he had twenty five and yeah, ten. Yeah, but this one was on him though. Like I, you're right. Look, the bench is bad. It is bad. A bad bench. Like there's not but a I, I, I'm going to finish the point. So I think I think like the your observation matters. But I'm just saying like the reason they lost. I mean, there's always this stuff matters, and he has to look at the film and figure out why it went down that way. Uh, but I also think it's a bit much to be like. I mean, the, the guy was on the floor for a lot of the minutes that went well for Denver as well, and he played quite well in that game. So, Well, even in the fourth quarter, he made shots when a lot of guys weren't. Like, he had a couple buckets that were much needed in that quarter. So here's the thing about it. When we look at Denver lineups, especially when you talk about stagger lineups and how do you start the fourth, if Yoke's going to get his rest at the start of the fourth, how do you start it? you got to have some scoring, and I think that's what Michael Malone looked at was right. this bench unit can't score. we got to put Mike out there. But then when Mike becomes the mark, it becomes a double-edged sword. Total, and that's total. the thing that I think makes this so tough is you solve one problem by creating another. And, again, it was one game. I actually am curious to see what comes out of it. But to me, it's more than just one game when you know the backstory of it. Jeff Green mm -hmm. spent years here, and he said, you know how you beat the Nuggets? You attack him. Sure. And that, to me, is what makes this part so interesting. And then also, look, Jalen Green and Fred Van Vliet, as Fred Van Vliet especially, very crafty at this specific thing. Because you mentioned tonight they or tomorrow they play the Clippers. Paul George is just going to get an ISO and do what he always does, which is ISO. And I think he can handle that, you know. But maybe a Westbrook. 
you know, maybe more of a craftier player. I do or a craftier point guard. I do yeah. think that that is going to be a major game plan for the Nuggets or for teams coming in to sure. play the Nuggets. Sure. Totally. Uh, my hangover take from the game last night is I need more from Christian Brown. <laughs> yeah. We're 10 games in. He's been a disappointment so far. And now I'm willing to chalk up some of that to the injury he had during the preseason. Did not play the, in the entire preseason. Neither did Michael Porter. I feel like that has definitely contributed to his slow start. Uh, but we were all expecting... Actually, I should not speak for you guys. I was <laughs> expecting a significant offensive leap from Christian Brown from year one to year two. I didn't think he was going to be Bruce Brown on offense, but I thought he'd have a little more shake to his off-the-dribble game. I thought he'd be handling the ball a little more. I, I just thought he'd have a little more juice offensively. Um, he hasn't shown that yet. His three-point shot looks just like it looked last season. You know, there was a lot of talk this summer about him really getting in the gym and working on that shot. We haven't seen that translate yet. Defensively, I think he's been, been fine, but the biggest part of his game where we thought there'd be a leap is on offense, and he's been bad offensively so far. So uh, I think, you know, the excuses about the injury in the preseason, we're probably done with that. We're 10 games in. Uh, we're more than, you know, a tenth into the season now, definitely more than that. So uh, it's time for Christian Brown to to step it up, I think. How about this take vote? What do we always say about Christian Brown? He's a winner. Won yeah. four or five championships. Is it four? I think it's four. Well, there's three in high school, one in college. Okay, so yeah, there you four. go. Four. And then the one with the Nuggets. So now five. So now five championships. He's or a winner. Might have been four in high school. I right? don't remember what it is. It's a lot of champions. They're adding up quick. It's a lot of championships. This is a guy who is a winner and has all this wins under his belt. And yet, he kind of looks like he doesn't have confidence right now. And to me, one of the toughest things about being a pro, especially when you're a superstar, what do they always say of Yoke? He, whatever happens, next play. The other day, Justin yep. Holiday, when he spoke, said Yoke throws a turnover to Steph Curry in the clutch, and it's like it never happened. He just comes back the next play. To me, I look at Christian Brown, and I go, dude, you're a five-time champion. You can't throw the, bottle in, or the ball into the ocean right now. So what? Like, I want to see the confidence that is unflappable on these rhythms. And he is a young player, so I give him a break here. But to me, that's the biggest thing. I want to see Christian Brown not look like he is shook mm -hmm. because he's too good to be playing like <laughs> yeah. that. And he had some good moments very early in the season. And obviously, that was when Jamal Murray was healthy and playing with the bench. And, like, that was the biggest issue that the second unit had last night. Jamal Murray wasn't out there. Yeah. And it's tough to see that unit looking great right now if he's just not on the floor. Uh, it's chaotic. Nobody really knows what they're doing. I feel like that has contributed to Christian Brown not looking great, too, because he did have some good moments next to Jamal Murray. Um, but he's just got to he's got to get back to what he does. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he feeds off of a lot of energy plays, and obviously the transition stuff has dried up, right? Yeah. And that's where you see he and Peyton Watson, like, really – doing what they do offensively and the crowd gets into it. They beat their chest. They cause some timeouts, right? Like that kind of stuff. But there's other things like I, the insane rebounding with Christian. We talked about to start the season. Haven't seen much of that. And some of that feels like that's still in his control. Even if the court looks different, like there's, they were, they, they were these insane effort plays that he was making. And it's like, man, this guy is everywhere. And it feels like right now he's not everywhere. He's mm -hmm. in one spot and he doesn't even know what to do there. So I feel like he, it, it's actually almost like some of the old Porter advice. I feel like maybe he can get himself back into it with a little more high energy, high effort plays and the confidence can build from there. But one difference from between me and you is I just didn't have the same half court offense expectations as on Christian. Like, I think you're, you've been right all along about what a study is. I just don't know if he's going to be that guy where it's like, okay, he's a six-man offensively outside of transition. Yeah, but he's shooting right now from three, 22%. Like, we think he's a 33 to 35% yeah, yeah. shooter, and he's – I know it's small, super small sample size, but yeah. the one that really sticks out to you is the one in the fourth quarter last night – or, yeah, last night where he's wide open. He has time to set himself, whatever, and it was just like – he didn't really think it was going in. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So he does. I'm, I'm with Harrison. It is time. But for me, it's a confidence thing. Like, it's Christian Brown. You're an NBA champion. What did we hear from below? He's carried himself like he's a champion. I haven't I heard that. In a while. Right now, he's carried himself like a rookie. And I yeah. want to be like, you know, you need a little 
Dude, come on. This isn't you. You are the guy that is not shook by anything. Right, right. Down right. 20 in a national title game against North Carolina, goes in the game, gets the defensive assignment, storms all the way back. Like, that's Christian Brown. Right now, he's down 20. <laughs> in his early part of his season, he's down 20 in terms of how he's performing on offense, and he needs to step up a little. Um, Jokic, I thought, in the fourth quarter, man. So, actually, here's, here's the last note I say of my hangover take. Because I did a deep dive on the Houston Rockets today in preparation for the All-NBA show, um, I, you can really tell a coach's emphasis based on the team's profile. The Houston Rockets right now are fourth in defense, and they are that way because they protect the paint, number two in point paint, uh, points in the paint, allowed. They don't foul, and they don't allow threes from the corners. They allow the fewest attempts from the corners from op opposition. So they protect the paint, they protect the corner, and they say, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us above the break, and you're going to beat us in the mid-range. And they sell out as hard as they can. And you see how they do it in nights like last night. They were packing the paint, forcing, you know, like, forcing Denver to try to play, you know, going away from the basket, mm -hmm. you know, kicking away from the basket. And it really worked. And I was really impressed with their ability to, to game plan for that. And I was unimpressed with Denver's sort of ability to punish it. I don't think it's like a thing Denver can't overcome. I just thought in this game, Denver losing Murray, shorthanded on shooting. So now you're relying on some streakier shooters to shoot the tougher threes, not even the easier ones. Mm. And Denver came up short. So I'm impressed with Houston, even though I don't think Houston's that great of a team, like talent-wise. I think they're very good. But I was impressed because they know who they are, and in short order, they have an identity that they execute every night. It's clearly that's clearly a credit to Adoka and the staff, obviously. But it's and I don't, without wanting to sound like I'm making excuses for the Nuggets, it it does seem like losing in Houston is no longer a cardinal sin the way it was two years ago. Like they they're they're play, they played like a real basketball team. Yeah, last night. you can't be that beat up over that loss last night. But there's stuff to learn from it all the same. I do like that they play him in the in-season tournament. Like honest, honest question here for the in-season tournament. Nuggets are up 1-0. The Mavs, you, we think, is their best competition. They already beat them. So they got a nice little head start on the Dallas Mavericks. So now it's Pelicans. I think they have the group of death, by the way. Pelicans, Clippers, and Rockets. They do, actually, I think. I think that's, an all, that's like, a, I mean, other than. And Mavs, right? Well, the, and the Mavs. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that. Because it's based on last year's standings, and the yeah. Rockets sucked last year, yep. but now we're confident. And the Pelicans, too. And, like, here they are. And the Mavs. Like, I'm, all those teams sucked I'm, last I'm, year. And I think the, the Pelicans suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Mavericks sucked last year, too, and now they're yeah. up, uh, up here. Um, do you think that Houston is Denver's toughest competition now? Now that Denver's beat the Mavs, are they the toughest competition in Group B? For sure. Really? Yeah, for sure. Over the Pels and Clippers. I'm just not a believer in the Pelicans at all. I don't think they're good. They're losing guys by the every day now, it seems. I just saw Larry Nance is going to be out for this Nuggets game. Uh, they're disintegrating. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the Clippers are the Clippers. Yeah. Do you? So here's what I love about this. They play the Clippers. James Harden might demand a trade. Yeah. After the Nuggets beat them tomorrow. They play the Clippers. And the Clippers are like, we're not fine. They play the Clippers at home, and you think Denver's going to win. They go on the road to the Pelicans. You think Denver's going to win that one. Yes. So you set up a scenario where they play Houston last in yeah. the in-season tournament. Could be for all the marbles. Could be for all of Group D. Group B. Group B. <laughs> wins, lo wins locked in. I just, uh, I just guessed on I, that. I'm telling you, I hope it comes By down way, to this. This, this is... This season tournament's awesome if it comes down to a Houston-Denver game in November. It's built for, for teams like Houston, too. I'm so yeah. serious. I'm. This is like, is that team going to win a title under Adoka? Not a chance. But can they mess around and win their group in the in-season tournament? Yes. I can't wait, man. Uh, I'm excited for it. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we got to get to our Moach celebration. Moach. Guys, Bet365, the presenting sponsor of this show, they are never ordinary. Never ordinary at bet365 right now they've got a never ordinary nba early payout offer you can bet on nba games get your straight bets paid out or parlay selections marked as a winner when your team goes up by 20 points so uh, no matter what bet you've got if it's a straight bet if it's a parlay your team goes up by 20 boom you get that winner early they've also got that same thing going on for nhl the early payout offer get your straight bets paid out or parlay selection marked as a winner when your team gains a three-goal lead. That's for NHL games. Uh, build your parlay today and also get a parlay bonus of up to 
on your parlay that's available across most markets so download bet365 never ordinary uh, they've got these awesome uh promotions odds boosts as well uh, based on where you're located in denver you're going to get the colorado odds boost as well uh, we've got some boosts on there too you can bet with dnvr i believe we've boosted the broncos to win tonight oh man it's like plus 300 something oh wow against the bills monday night football Let's so you go. can get in on that as well <laughs> if you want download the uh, bet 365 tj ward uh, in studio tonight by the way tj ward hard hitter I uh, must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. A good day is all about a good morning. A good morning is all about a good morning routine. A good morning routine is all about simple ways, simple ways to improve your, I don't know, health, for example. Like a, like a comprehensive solution, just 12 ounces of uh, cold water and one scoop of AG1, and boom, you're off to a great, great start to the day. But don't bog yourself down trying to keep track of all the different vitamins you should take and when. Just get it all in one. Get it all in one scoop and have one delicious cold glass of AG1. A comprehensive solution is what, comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine. Try AG1, get a free one-year supply of vitamin D, and get five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash nuggets. That's drinkag1.com slash nuggets. Check it out. Check it out indeed. All right. So we got a Woj bomb today. Michael Malone gets an extension with the Denver Nuggets. Wind, what details can you share here? Well, he had two years left on his deal. Okay. And I saw... This year and one more, right? Yeah. And I saw a friend of the show, Mike Singer, tweet out and report that uh, this extension is for another two years. So, Michael Malone's going to be the coach of the Nuggets for a while. I feel like in the past, he was usually getting like one year added on or, you know, like one year in a team option, but it was getting added on right when his contract was about to run out. This is definitely the most security and just long-term money that the Nuggets have given out to Michael Malone since he's been the Nuggets coach, I believe. And, um, you know, I was looking at the uh, all-time Nuggets wins leaders as coaches. Michael Malone's going to become the Nuggets' all-time leader in wins early next season, I believe. And um, this extension likely ensures he's going to be here for a while. Yeah. So... This one is interesting that it's so, so, so long, but also, what was the other part of this? One of the most lucrative yes, deals. It, reportedly. Reportedly. Per Adrian Wojnarowski. Reportedly. He works for ESPN, fellas. Adrian Wojnarowski, you may not have heard of him. Also he, works for the franchises. Um, oh, you have heard of him. Uh, he says it's going to make him one of the league's highest paid coaches. That's some loose wording, but take it for what it's worth. Money Moach. Money, money, money. Money, money, money Moach. He's going to have his own gold chain at the next parade. If he's he, not going to have to borrow Peyton He's not going to have to borrow Peyton Watson's. Um, in all sincerity, we have seen an enormous rise in coaches' salaries over the last like yes. five years. Not even that long. Like We've seen player salaries going through the roof for 30 years, 25 years. But we've seen coaches' salaries really explode. Monty Williams, what was it, like $80 million or something he signed? It was like, way five, too much. It was something Whatever insane. So when they say one of the most lucrative deals... I have to imagine this actually means quite a bit of money. Yeah. And one of the questions we had with the Cronkies is, I've always said the Cronkies will spend on roster when it matters, go into the luxury tax. I've always thought that. But on things that don't have a salary cap or don't need it, I've always thought they'll be cheap. Yeah, sure. This is a very interesting and early example of them spending, reportedly, re spending actual real money on something that maybe didn't require it. Or That's a great point. maybe it did. Oh. Maybe Michael Malone was sitting there going, you see how I'm the most popular guy in America right now? Look, you see man, all these people talking? If he's taking that angle, I salute him because he's got leverage. Yeah. I mean, he's paid his dues. He worked as the head coach in Denver for a long time for not a lot of money. He won a championship. He's become an absolutely beloved figure in Denver, in Colorado. I mean, Nuggets fans would riot if... It came out that the Nuggets lost him because they weren't going to pay him what he was worth or what he, market value was. So he had a ton of leverage here. He deserves this extension. He deserves to be paid like one of the top coaches. I did a um, 
uh, just NBA media survey at the start of the season where I polled 15 media members from the Western Conference, one from each team. I asked them, where would you rank Michael Malone in terms of like, he's a top X head coach. More than 50% of the responses were top five. Yeah, He is regarded by most people in this business as a top five NBA coach. Now he's getting paid like one. And this is how great coaches and coaching legacies are made. His exact path in Denver. You don't just start out a Greg Popovich. And I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying this is the path, right? Mm -hmm. You And you stick with the one team. And I think every great coach would tell you step one is being paired with an all-time great player. But Malone deserves a lot of credit for what he did from there. And I think he is very closely associated with not just the Jokic era, but everything that comes with it, the culture, the winning not just the title, but I think in the last five years, only the Bucks have won more games. And obviously there were some crucial injuries Denver dealt with. So he has found a way to change the way Denver has looked at and talked about in the league with Jokic, but that's how it works. So I, you know, whether or not you believe Malone is one of the all-time coaching greats, this is the beginning of one of those stories. And so he would be right to say, I want to be associated with the Denver Nuggets and you should want to be associated with me for as long as possible. How, so on that point, how much name recognition does Michael Malone have relative to everyone else on the team? Because like right now, Jokic, most recognizable, Jamal Murray next, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon probably ahead of him. But how far down that list is Michael Malone? Not that far. He's probably third after no Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. He's behind Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. I don't know, man. Michael Malone had some glow up this postseason. <laughs> If you're asking Lakers fans, he might be number one. <laughs> and those are that's the majority of NBA fans. So he's certainly up there, though. Like he's ahead of Zeke Naji. I mean, Michael Malone, I think, really through this run to the championship, has been the quote unquote the voice of the Nuggets. Yeah. As we've talked about leadership with this team, as we've seen, you know, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray gradually step into more of a leadership role. Michael Malone has been kind of the leader and the voice of this team for most of the Jokic era. Like he has been very front and center on most things, and um, I would have him pretty high. The other thing about Malone that I love is this may sound like European basketball fans will laugh at this. I think there's a very small circle of coaches who are allowed to coach good players hard. And I think Malone is now in that circle. Yeah. And this is a cyclical thing, right? He's won now, and he's gotten away with coaching stamped winners hard. And so who are you to come into Denver and say you're above it, right? So this is how that that stuff works, and it's a little cyclical. You know, when, when Malone coaches players, listen, and that may sound like a low bar, but it's not in the NBA. That's, there's a lot of coaches that don't have that, um, is it cachet? I don't know what word I'm looking for, but they, they don't have that sway. Yeah. yeah, we look ahead. Some milestones that are ahead. One of the cool things is I've always wondered, and I think with the championship, you knew it was probably going to happen. But he's on the heels now of Doug Mo. It'll take into next year, but almost certainly will happen next year. And now that he has this extension, ninety-nine percent chance he makes it far enough to be able to do that. I mean, there's always a chance something crazy happens, but. Almost certainly will now get to coach Nuggets through that and surpass Doug Moe, who, by the way, has his jersey in the rafters. Right. So I think wherever you fall on the is Michael Malone the greatest coach in franchise history, wherever you fall on that, I think it is now safe to say that by the time it's all over, he probably will have top billing. He'll have the most wins. He'll have the championship. He'll have the most playoff wins. He'll have all of these things. And I think that's actually really cool. We talk about we're living in the Jokic era, the greatest player ever. It's kind of cool that we also get to be living in the coach's era Love who's it. going to have be also in the record books. Yeah. And I mean, he's just going to be tied with this championship team forever, man. I mean, a lot of coaches out there, like, you don't think of them as being like front and center of a championship team. Greg Popovich. Greg Phil Popovich, Jackson, you definitely maybe. do. Oh. Phil Jackson, you do. Um, Steve Kerr, kind of, you know? Yeah, kind of. Um, but, like, the Miami Heat championship teams, it's LeBron D. Wade. Really? I think a Spolstra may be there. He ended kind up. Of? I think he, at this point, Spolstra's yeah. there. At the time, yeah. he was still You're right at the time. Teeth, You're right at the time. Yeah. I feel like Michael Malone is, is going to be very well-remembered for... The championship that, run. Exactly. And at least that opportunity is there for you to go, like you were saying, I remember the Murray-Jokic 
Malone Nuggets, and it might work that way. Yeah. What about this one? He has a chance to be the winningest coach in Denver history. Of any sport. Of any sport. Because you start to look at this and you go, Mike Shanahan is like John Elway. You know, this this great figure who brought about one of the first championships in, in franchise history. But now you look at it and you go, you might have the longevity. If you get to two champ, if you win another championship, all right, now you're there with Mike Shanahan. Now you're with, with, there with these big names. And if you get a third one, you get to be not just on the Mount Rushmore, but now you might get to be the guy they look at and say, hey, that's the... You know, that's the all-time coach oh, yeah. or whatever. Now, I think the Broncos, being as big as they are, maybe this becomes even tougher hill to climb. But we were not. We talked about Jokic as being on a Mount Rushmore of Denver sports. We haven't really gone there till now. Now I feel like you can look at that and go, is Michael Malone's name going to be, when you talk about all-time great coaches, Michael Malone now has an opportunity to throw his hat in that ring as well. Absolutely. And... I mean, the biggest reason why is because he's coaching a team that might be a dynasty. Right. And we've never had that in Colorado sports. I mean, we've had back to co- back. a couple teams go back to or a team go back to back. We've had, you know, teams win two championships in Six short, yeah. a short span. But we haven't had a true dynasty in Denver sports. And this is a, no pun intended, golden opportunity to be a dynasty and as we're trending right now, it's hard to see Michael Malone not being here for the rest of Nicole Jokic's core and being here for Jamal Murray being the second best player on a championship team. What about this one, Vote? Mike Budenholzer wins a championship, and the following years, almost immediately after, there's a little bit of question about yeah. whether or not they're committed. Yeah. This provides a stability of like, man, this is the guy. Like, You're going to ride it out with Jokic, Murray, Michael Malone. Yep. And I think the difference between those two coaches is everything we just spent the last 10 minutes trying to articulate. I mean, I, with this respect to Budu, I think, I mean, like, I mean, I don't know the first thing about NBA coaching and he's a champion, but I, it, it, a lot of that felt like in spite of Bud, or at least that was the noise coming out of Milwaukee. And Malone feels very much at the heart of what the Nuggets have figured out as an organization mm-hmm. and not just the games that they've won. And so, a lot of that is like, this is how myth building is done, and we're doing some of it right now in real time. Mojo's us some money, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's right. But like, look, man, it is it is right place, right time stuff if you, if you have the goods, if you're prepared and ready to deliver. And so I think we're seeing a lot of that align for a lot of the people involved with the Nuggets. In all sincerity, Moch doesn't owe us any money. I, I mean... But it also... I don't that, think anybody took you seriously on that. Well, yeah. I know, I know, I know. But I, well, I'm about to say something that I am being serious about. <laughs> We're going to get to some best moments. Some of the iconic moments that have happened, the virality of those moments were certainly augmented by just the fun nature of like, I'm not kidding when I say this show or the way we cover it and stuff. It's like, no, we're going to make this thing have legs that really run and run and run for years and years and years to go to come. And, and there's a lot of great coaches that say some funny stuff one off and they kind of have a cycle and die. And people still say, take that L on the way out. That's true. Um, to that end, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to have some fun, and we're going to look at some of the all-time iconic moments of the Michael, or not even just iconic, some of our favorite moments of the Michael Malone era. In the chat, give us some of yours, maybe some yeah. underrated. We're going to hit the big ones. Maybe you have an underrated one in Super Producer Kale. We'll see it and look it up. Denver's best roofers have joined the DNVR team. Red Hawk Wait a second. Roofing. Did you just play it? Let's go! <laughs> Red Hawk Roofing, Denver's best. Happy to have them here with the DNVR team. Oh, Red Tail Hawk uh, Screech. <laughs> Red Hawk Roofing, quality oh, materials, decades of experience, quick response time. Colorado's best estimators and contractors. They're huge DNVR supporters as well. So if you need your roof done uh, on your house or your business, remember the Screech. Remember the Screech. <laughs> Red Hawk Roofing. Yes. Winter's coming, <laughs> yeah. so don't wait on it to take care of any issues before the big storms hit. Hit up Red Hawk Roofing today if you're looking for a new roof over your home or business. Be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing at redhawkroofing.com and tell them DNVR. <laughs> what, what if Red Hawk Roofing just hates that? <laughs> they love it. We actually got a note today that they love it. And want okay, to great. It <laughs> just want to make sure. Uh, and they, they get the show too well. They get the show too yeah. well. I, I'm telling you, they're fans of the show. Like They actually yeah. love the show, so you want to get some homies. Uh, and I'm telling you guys, with winter, 
this happens every single year. It snows for the first time and somebody all of a sudden discovers that they have a leak in the roof. So it's yeah. going to happen to somebody listening to the show. Red Hawk Roofing. Call them up. You know what I've discovered during this Bronco season? That maybe the best part is the Broncos Country Pale Ale, which is only $6 at the DNVR. It's one of the many delicious and eclectic brews brewed by Breckenridge Brewery. They've got a beer for just about any occasion. Not that you necessarily have to have a beer at every occasion, but you have one for any occasion. What a treat. What a treat. From the Avalanche Amber Ale to the Mile High City to the Broncos Country Pale Ale to the Fun Slinger and those good company hard seltzers. Check out the beer locator at brewcom to find a brew near you or just come here to the corner of, York, of Colfax and York at the DNVR bar. There you go. All right, guys, let's relive some of our favorite moments from Michael Malone. I will say this. Michael Malone, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb. He's the most viral coach in the NBA. Oh, he might be. I don't think there's another coach who can be as viral as Michael Malone. He has some all-time bangers. I think he'll go down <laughs> with Doug Moe. He'll go down. Who are some like hilarious coaches? Um, uh, man, how am I forgetting the pot smoker? Uh, Don Nelson. He'll go down oh, with yeah, Don, Don Nelson. Nelson. Well, that's the king right there. Yeah, but the I mean, he, Michael Malone ascended to to become this guy in the social media era as yeah. well. Oh, you're so it's really the perfect storm. Yeah. <laughs> he honestly belonged in the ABA. If that might have been his top yeah. era, but this is the second best era he could have been in. Uh, he might have wrestled a bit. He would have said, "Put that in your pipe and smoke it while wow. actually smoking." <laughs> actually smoking it on the pipe. That would have been much. He would have just blown the smoke in my face. Uh, um, how are, many how many coaches would get a a, Den a team championship tattoo after winning? I know I'm he got not the even the current logo. Like he went with a throwback because he awesome. knows. Because he knows, <laughs> man. Maxi, I'm telling you. Like you show up to coach the Sixers in ten years, you got a Maxi Minor trophy <laughs> tattoo. Um, so we're gonna go through a list here, and we're gonna start with a bit of a heartwarming one. Aww. Now this was because Michael Malone, you gotta get yourself a coach that could do both. He's hilarious. He's intense. He can be angry and loud, but he could also be really, really tender. And the moment, the story he tells, I'm being serious, but the story he tells about just having to grab Jamal Murray after his injury is an all-timer. Let's play, let's play that clip. Past that. And that was, I remember being in the, in the bus with him, going to the airport after he did the injury in Golden State the next day, and he had tears in his eyes. And that was the message. Hey, man, you're going to come back from this, and not only are you going to come back, you're going to be better. And that's, that's, in that moment, it's really hard to believe that. His first thought was, man, you, are you guys going to trade me? And, and I really, and that was his, I'm damaged goods. Are you guys going to trade me now? And I, I hugged him. And I said, hell no. Like, you're ours. We love you. We're going to help you get back, and you're going to be a better player for it. And I think what he's doing in these playoffs is just a reminder of um, a guy that we drafted seven years ago that has continued to find ways to improve and really show out on the biggest stage in the world. Michael Mullen's going to be telling this story for the next 50 years. <laughs> he's already be, told it about 50 times. And he'll tell it just as well. He's a great storyteller. He's an incredible storyteller. He's an incredible, like, he can spin some yarn, man, and, like, really stretch the story out. But, but it also, as we joke about it, it also is a great story about what makes Michael Malone so special. Yeah. I do think there's a handful of coaches that would have looked at that and been like, we got to trade him. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to fire me, man. we got to trade him. I will say... There was zero chance he would have ever gotten traded. Oh, because because the value being so low, or? he's on a torn ACL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, but anyways, but nonetheless, I'm just saying that was a tender moment, and I love that one. Um, I love it too. Another one on our list here. Do you guys remember when he get got ejected? And super fan Vicky had a little present for him on the way oh, out. Oh, do we have this one, Kale? Yeah, so I have this good. video. Let's play this one in a mighty way. That's all the video. I just love Malone has an all-time like That's my blowing steam. Like there's steam coming out his ears. He's mad, and then just just gently reaches out and takes the candy. Vicky is such a so dope. My, she, yeah, Michael deserves a lot of credit for grabbing it. How about Vicky? Yes, for having the guts to hand it to him. Queen shit. After Vicky. he's steaming mad, Reese's? coming off an ejection. Queen shit. Mike and Ike, what do you want here? Like, I got anything you want here. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> he just takes it. He, the look in his face when he looks up to get it is, I have to grab this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I know there are cameras on. I don't know. I I, I like to imagine it being like uh, like one of those like a hard candy, and he just puts it in his mouth and chews it on the way down. Just <laughs> chewing through a hard candy. Uh, I love it. Um, how about this one, guys? After the championship. Michael Malone's a regular size human, not when he's in the arms of the Jokic brothers. There's no uh, shyness from the Jokic brothers. They just get right in there where they really get the best grip. In intimate people, the Serbs. The very intimate. Yeah. I loved when they made their Twitter handle during the whole Markeith Morris. Do you remember they only followed one person? Who was it? Jamal Murray. I I love the Jokic brothers. That's and so these dope. little things, like you know what I mean. Like I love this. Uh, and then of course they find Malone and pick him up, and it's like you know look like a bar mitzvah. Yeah. God, them making that Twitter handles. That was <laughs> I, incredible. I just love that they're like, we gotta follow someone, just Jamal, no one else. We got. Well, his they probably too. made it, and you know how it brings up like Who people you, know? you should follow. Yeah, and they're like, that's enough. Harrison probably wins. The, no, it's probably the first one, and they're like, all right, we're good. We're good. The next, <laughs> one, the next one was like Will Barton, and they're like, we're fine. Uh, I love this one. Underrated all-time moment. Every now and then, a coach has to hop in a practice. You know, just hop in and, and help scrimmage with the yeah. guys. Let's see uh, how Malone does. Look at that little. That clip was that, so short. That little run back. I thought that clip was longer. That clip. I mean, first of all, he. We, very all, we all know that feeling. Play, play it one more time, Kale. In a mighty way. Jumper. Yeah. Great form, right in Murray's eye, and then the best yeah. part. The little skip. The cockiest little walk. Oh, That's such man. a. Little, <sighs> we all know that feeling. <laughs> the little. When it's good off the fingers. Yeah. Oh, Cook yeah. at him. That, I'm little, cooking, that boys. little strut back up court. Michael Malone's old, man. He was that, younger back then. Well, he's like 46 <laughs> at that point, 47. And there he is, just getting some buckets, man. Move, moving smooth. Um, not the only time he's gone out and played with the boys. Sometimes he'll do it on the sideline. Yeah. Let's take a look at Malone playing defense here. By two. <laughs> You know this was a while ago because Chandler Parsons is inbounding the ball <laughs> but, for the Mavericks. But, uh, but this is the best part about Malone. He did this in like the fourth game of the season this year. Yeah. <laughs> they just won yeah. the title. He's on the court. Yeah, I uh, love. If you notice, he's got the little head bob, like he's like active hands. The jump in that, yeah, is what kills me, <laughs> in the suit too, in the full suit, looking incredible. Um, Just a tear in his eye. I don't think there's anything Gillespie for this one, but the... as Vote loves to point out, he did spend the first I don't know seven years of his time here in Denver with a shaved head. You see those old timer old, old videos, which is like, like such a hardo coach move, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and and listen, I mean, it's a it's a stressful job, right? Like hair loss happens, no judgment. It's tough that he had such a natural hair issues, right? Right? Yeah. No. No. Wrong. He has hair. He has hair. He do you have? Yeah. Do you have this next one, Kale? You're playing like you're up thirty, or did yeah. we not send that? Okay. Let's take a look at this one. This one was from the playoffs last year. Let's see the intensity. I don't see the same team. That's two different teams. Right now, we're playing like we're 30. Take control of the game without aggression, our physicality. Come on, man. End it tonight. End it tonight. End it tonight. End it tonight. Also, I just got chills. End it tonight. Guys. You're playing like you're up 30. They're up 25. Yeah. They're up 25. End it tonight. You know what, though, man? It's so real. You see, my favorite part is the intensity in his eyes. You know, like that. He has the look of, of complete and utter desperation. Oh, yeah. You know, like he's pleading with the guys. Yeah. And you're right. They're up 25. But, he, but, End it tonight. but they're acting like you're up 30. <laughs> and it's tonight, but it's so good. That stuff, by the way, is why I think he he is well suited for this year, the goat, the defending the title year, because he just yeah he can't. They turn are that, up thirty here, yeah, yeah metaphorically, he, metaphorically, but he can't turn that part of him off. Yeah. Damn. Um. I also love him being. Do you remember that game when he had to do the first quarter? Or it was either first or third quarter. He had to go and talk to like Lisa Salters or whoever it was, and he was like. And she's like, Coach, thanks for trying. <laughs> thanks for trying to do this. He had no voice. Uh, I love it. Um, 
All right, you guys ready for our Bet365 Top 5? Never Ordinary. Bet365 Never Ordinary Top 5, not around the association, our Bet365 Top 5 Favorite Moments of the Jokic Era. And our first one, I don't think we have an example. Do we have an example of this one, Kale? Uh, I couldn't find a specific video because okay. he just does it all the time. <laughs> one of our favorite things is... The Michael Malone Rage Timeout. Yeah. Uh, rage yes. Timeout, which we learned apparently was first coined for Greg Popovich doing these. But I feel like sometimes somebody will invent a thing, but it'll be known for another player to yeah. do it. And I feel like Michael Malone, he even is aware of the Rage Timeout. Right. He made it canon by acknowledging it. That changes he, everything. It, it made it canon for sure. He might be the only coach with a signature shot. <laughs> the Rage Timeout. Walk onto the court. Timeout. Walk on, shake your head, stomp around a little bit, just look like you want to kill someone. Yeah. I always wonder, like, what his assistants uh, best, like, uh, what they're thinking in that moment, how they approach that situation. Do you let him cool off? Yeah, of course. Do you, or do you go right out there and be like, I know what we should do right now? Like, how, how do you, how do you approach that as a Nuggets assistant coach. Right. How many times do you think Adelman's been like, no, we need that timeout? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Adel I think Adelman is has Malone's same intensity or whatever. Yeah. Just like, you know what I mean? I think those two guys are both like elevate each other's blood pressure uh, or what have you. But I do my dog, R.I.P. Hunter, my dog used to like be the friend like whenever other dogs would fight, he'd be the one to like walk up to him to be like, Are you cool? And his hair would stick up and he would do it. And you're like, Hunter, leave him alone. He doesn't need you to go do that right now. He just needs time off. I think that's Malone in the rage timeout. Ryan Bowen is just like everybody like security, like stay away, stay away, stay away. Yeah. Brings a little cup of cold water, like drink that. It's gonna <laughs> the temperature will come down a little. Yeah. We've seen a lot of them to start third quarters. Yeah. <laughs> first that, first play. Uncle Simon just chimed in. There was one. He did literally make it two minutes into a second half once. And yeah. I can't remember the date, but that's... I think it happened this year. I mean, it probably did. Um, how about, guys, if you remember the playoffs last year? I do remember Do you remember those. they played the Lakers? Yes. Yeah. And do you remember Michael Malone was hot, hot about them talking about the Rui adjustment? I think we have that clip. Um, once again, um, we've seen this before. And Nicola's gonna figure it out. We're gonna figure it out. Um, this is the first time I've ever been in a series up 1-0, and the series is over in everybody's eyes because they put Rui Hachimura on Nikola Jokic for six possessions. <laughs> so let's, let's see how it plays out tonight. I forgot he got so. I forgot he says six possessions. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah, they definitely counted that out in the film. <laughs> was that the right one? Was that the one where he because he says put that in your pipe and smoke it, right? Uh, I thought that was part of the same clip. So I think we we might have had one here. Um, I think that was a different. I think those are two different. Quotes. Those are two different ones actually. That's that's after they go up to nothing. And he goes back to that, that the Rui adjustment. I mean, he didn't want to let the Rui adjustment <laughs> thing go, which is kind of hilarious. Um, that's when you knew Malone. That's when you knew Nuggets were winning the title. The series wasn't over, and Malone felt comfortable enough to go out and do that. And honestly, I'll say this in all sincerity: you better be confident to say that because you're putting your team in the Correct. in the spotlight. But at the same time, every team needs to be able to send a message that we're not afraid. And a lot of teams will dance around and coaches will dance around. I honestly think one of the things Michael Malone brings to this team is the willingness to raise the stakes as high as possible. I don't think you can win a championship as a team unless you're willing to raise the stakes as high as possible. If you're afraid of that, mm. I don't think you get it done. Michael Malone, that was him saying, I don't care if this pisses off the millions of Lakers fans out there. I don't care if this pisses off LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the entire team. I'm going to go ahead and say the truth, which is everybody's talking about them, but guess what? Talk about us because we just kicked their ass. Yeah. Michael Malone was also just speaking for everybody else in the NBA. Yeah. The, the other 29 teams not named the Lakers because everybody in the league is annoyed that all anybody talks about is the Lakers. And I guarantee you everybody in the league was annoyed that all anybody talked about was the Lakers moral victory in game one. Yeah, the moral victory. Nuggets got swept in moral victories. I uh, found the put your pipe in a smoke line if you want it. Let's play it real quick. A lot of our guys, to be honest, they may not admit this or not. 
You know, uh, you win game one of the playoffs, and all everybody talked about was the Lakers. Let's be honest, that was a national narrative was, hey, the Lakers are fine. They're down 1-0, but they figured something out. No one talked about Nikola just had a historic performance. He's got 13 triple-doubles now, third all-time. What he's doing is just incredible, but the narrative wasn't about the Nuggets. The narrative wasn't about Nikola. The narrative is about the Lakers and their adjustments. So, you know, you put that in your pipe, you smoke it, and you come back, and you know what? We're going to go up 2-0. I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite Malone mannerisms, too, is, you know, he does that one a lot. You know, that, like, That's a real, like, when you're, when you're seething inside, but you're trying to play yeah. it cool. You know, a little... That was like at, at trading camp this year when he was like, oh, they're talking about us? Wow. You know, then he did that. Well, you know? What? They said that? Wow. Uh, I don't know, man. We're worried about this year. Are they worried about last year? The, the funny part is he's now used put that in your pipe and smoke it two different ways. Okay. He's used it in that way right there where it's just, oh, you smoke it, you move on, forget about it. <laughs> but then he's also used it when talking about like an amazing stat. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know what? Um, you know what, Harrison? We're 30 and 5 all time when Nicole Jokic gets a triple double. Put that in your pipe and yeah, smoke it. Yeah. So he's got two different ways of using the same expression. So versatile. That that is talent. He's so versatile, man. I'm telling you the man is versatile. You guys want to reach back into the uh deep past here? Let's do it. I remember a time when Jokic was really early on having his breakout. <laughs> All of his great quotes come for trying to give Jokic respect. Yeah. <laughs> and this was like 2017. I think this was sophomore year. And this was one of the first times where Malone was like, you know what? We have a guy. They're talking about all these other guys. We have a guy. Play the clip. About some of these other young bigs who are all talented. You know, the kid in New Can York, you turn it up? Philly. I don't know any of their names. I know this kid's name, though. I know Nikola Jokic. <laughs> and I wouldn't trade him for anybody in the world. Uh, he's a special young man. He's a uh, special young talent. And he's only going to get better. The kid from New York, from Minnesota, from Philly. I don't know their names. I don't know any of their names, but I do know his. I wish you included the question in that. That was a great question asked oh. by some, some young, trepid reporter. <laughs> <laughs> what year was it? Do you remember? And what game? Was there a game specifically? I do remember. It was I Jokic's rookie season. It was his rookie year? It was his rookie year. Oh, even better. It was 2016, and it was after a game against the Raptors. Nicole Jokic's best game of his rookie season. Wow. He had 27 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists in 30 minutes in a 112-93 win over the Raptors. Insane that he's bald in that clip but has hair now. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Number two on our list, the entire parade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here comes a three-hour clip. Let's play it. Yeah, we're just going to play the parade here. He has the walk. The, it's the Vince McMahon walk yeah. for me that I just, I'll never get over that. He has the shooter with no hands that he somehow just perfectly down. Just right in front of his wife, too. The bitch I'm a nugget shirt that he's holding <laughs> he's up holding off the up side. And doing this one. It's the holding this, you know, this. The it's chain. the aftermath of the parade going on Pat McAfee. It's the whole parade yeah. aura of... Hey. Just lying about Bruce Brown to millions of people. <laughs> Bold-faced lie, feeling himself. Yeah. In his defense, he was really wasted. Yeah, he probably thought point. it was true. He's like, How would, why would you leave? <laughs> yeah, it's not a lie if you believe You're it. Like, and at that so moment, sick. he believed everything that he possibly <laughs> no. said. Um, uh, Malone at the parade will be a thing I tell my grandchildren about. Like, when they ask about sports back in my day, I'll be like, you know, we were our day, we had a coach that just got hammered on the parade. Right. All-timer, man. All -timer. Absolute all-timer. All -timer. Let's take a break before we get to number one. Number one deserves its own segment because I think there's a lot of meat on the bone. You already know what it is, so you can hold your breath for a second. <laughs> and Guys, if you don't, welcome to the show. Yeah, <laughs> Become a DNVR diehard. $7 a month. Go to thednvr.com. There's so many perks to becoming a DNVR diehard. You get a free T-shirt every year designed by D-Line. You get a free T-shirt at sign-up. You get access to some of the great content we have at thednvr.com that's only available to subscribers. We do two roundtables a week on thednvr.com, us three, answering the most pertinent questions about the Nuggets. You can read those. 
You also get access to DNVR Daybreak, the newsletter from DNVR. From? From myself. From Harrison Wynn, man. My and guy, all the incredible writers here at DNVR. My guy last night is on the show, publishes a story on the game, writes a newsletter on, on the game, and then breaks news, you know, for with, with the Michael Malone thing. Harrison Wynn, my God. If there's such a thing as a writer's triple-double, that would be it. <laughs> I'll take it. had a triple-double last night. I'll I think he had a quadruple-double. I'll take it. Yeah, turnovers. <laughs> you also get uh, a discount here at the DNVR bar. Tons and tons of discounts. You get uh, money off the uh, DNVR takeovers, tailgates, whatever events we do. TheDNVR.com, seven bucks a month. There you go. Whether you win, whether you lose... You must ask yourself, what would a championship winning coach do? Well, you put that in your pipe and smoke it. What's that? I'm talking about Kind Love. <laughs> kind Love is one of the first dispensers in Colorado. They've been around since 2010. They're known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in the state. They were uh, one of the ones that were there first, folks, taking care of your cannabis-related needs. They've been around so long that they're not just uh, masters of the game. They're changing the game. Like their new Turbo Core technology, the Turbo Joints. How about the get it while it's hot flower shelf deals right now? Eighths out the door for $20 and ounces out the door for $100. That's insane. Visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Make sure you mention DNVR. Get the DNVR exclusive discount of 25% off all Kind Love flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line. You can also visit their website at kindlove.com and use code DNVR for online ordering. All right. Finishing off our Bet365, never ordinary top five, and we all know number one. Let's go ahead and roll the clip. So the Warrior fans can come in here, the Celtic fans can come in here, Laker fans come in here, but take that L on the way out. <laughs> Kelly, you clipped these so short. The whole quote is so good, man. Harrison sent me these. I oh, you just, sent yeah. that tiny one because he's got the whole, he, the, the whole thing there. And here's why it matters. Was this, do you remember the game? Was this the game where Yoke posted LeBron up, or was it a different game? No, I think this was after that. This was later on yeah. in, the, in, in the arc. I think. So here's the thing. I'm a big believer in you are what you think you are. Like, you, your mind is going to, like, determine what you are. Like, if you believe something's possible, you are more likely, it's not a certainty, but you are more likely to achieve that. I think that part of why Michael Malone has been the perfect coach for the Nuggets during this era. A major part of it is he was a guy that believed he could beat up uh, we, the, the bully, that he could take on the bully. And we've talked about this earlier in some of the stuff, Michael Malone, his bravado or what have you. To me, this was the beginning, really, in a lot of ways of the bravado of the Denver Nuggets that was like, the Lakers are always standing in our way. Guess what? You're not coming into our building ever again and, oh, and putting your feet up. This yeah. is our house, and for starting now, we are a new team that is going to punch back, and it culminated with a sweep of the Lakers several years later. And that take that L on the way out is honestly like a defining foundational quote of this era of Denver Nuggets basketball. Yeah. It was definitely after that play your reference because that was when LeBron was on the Cavs I'm pretty sure oh yeah you're right <laughs> so it was definitely after that um, would have been a weird moment to put that one in there you're right what yeah. a, what a dumb but uh, um not nah, this is this is the quote of the Michael Malone era like if we think of Michael Malone this is definitely the moment that rises to the top this is number one this was like all right it's Denver against the world it's definitely like Nuggets against the Lakers, but like this is us against the rest of the world. Yeah, it was so, um, oh goodness, what's the opposite of tone deaf? It was so smart for that reason. The Nuggets still searching for their culture and their identity in some ways, or at least it was still malleable. And the city at the time, as it is still now, but I remember like a, a big talking point at the time was just how transplant heavy it had become, particularly in the sports culture. Yeah. And so to find that specific rallying cry for Nuggets fans who were at the time a underserved and quiet but passionate fan base, mostly lifers who have been here for a long time and suffered through it all, to give them a rallying cry that, you know, can easily become hollow, but actually ended up feeling quite significant in hindsight was such a little stroke of genius. And that's why we talk about how maybe some of this stuff is in the moment, 
But Malone has to spend some time calculating this because he's just too good at it. He just, <laughs> There's he just, no way this one was calculated. No, I don't think so. Take but that L was definitely dude, that off was the him. Cuff. Like he was still hopped up on adrenaline. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he had to yeah. calm down. So he's like, you know what? F those so guys. Take that L. But he like gets it. <laughs> well, you know what yeah, I mean? Totally. And that and that that articulated something that was important to Denver and Nuggets fans. <laughs> it meant a lot. I mean, I, I mean, I was obviously covering the team at, at the time and covering it. My first day was Michael Malone's first day, so I've been covering this step, you know, step in step with him uh, all along the way. And that one really was just the seminal moment of like, you know what? Maybe they will. Maybe someday they will do it. Right. And it was such a thing. And I love this piece of it. We all love that Peyton Manning spent most of his career in India, Indianapolis, and then came to Denver and is now a Bronco more than he is a Colt. And that he lives here yeah. and that he, you know, identifies. Michael Malone is the son of a coach. The Bad Boys Pistons, an iconic one. He's from New York. He talks about the iconic teams of the league, the Knicks, right? He talks about these. He got a tattoo of the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. This is a man that, like, fully has embraced small market, dusty old cow town Denver as his thing. He loves and mountain he, biking. And he loves well, <laughs> that stuff, too. But I'm seeing... Most coaches of his ilk who know the history of the league and a son of a coach, they know the politics of it. And maybe they would keep the door open on the Lakers because what better job is there in coaching than the Los oh, Angeles you Lakers? you could coach LeBron. You could, you could live in Los Angeles. You could make a lot of money coaching the Lakers, wow. man. The, the history of the league can be told by the people that have coached the Los Angeles Lakers. And yet here he is in the early days saying, F the Lakers, <laughs> F this team, don't come in here. You come into our building, take that L on the way out. He gets a tattoo. You think he's worried about where he's going to go after you know, this or that? Yeah. Like, no, this is a man that comes from the biggest market in America, New York, and he's fully embraced the Denver Nuggets in a way where he's like, you know what, I'm going to inject some New York into Denver. Nice little city. Nice little, you know what you think have going here? I love it. But I'm going to ingest what you guys need, which is some toughness, and I'm going to hold a middle finger to the big bad Lakers and all of this stuff. And to me, it's such a defining trait. It is in many ways, outside of the actual game or the championship, it is one of the defining moments of this entire era, and I don't think that's hyperbole. Dude, there are... There are Men of modest height from the Northeast are like <laughs> few people wield spite and fury and middle fingers like that, like us. So, is he a tiny king or is he too tall he, to be a he's, tiny he's king? He's sneaky. I mean, he's not really that tiny, but he's not that, not tall. that tall. Not that tall. How tall is he? <laughs> when it gets to that, I can't tell that short. <laughs> he's six foot one. <laughs> he's six one because he's my height. Man, yeah. he looks tinier than that. There's no way <laughs> he's six one. Are we doing this? Me and him are the same height because I have looked him in the eyes. <laughs> six he's two listed. I'll give him that. He's listed as six he's two. Taller than you? He he's cannot be. A, than he me, cannot yeah. be a tiny. He can't king. be. A, yeah, six two is too tall. He cannot be a tiny. What king. is the cutoff for tiny king? It's got to be like he's five eleven. I, I guess it's because he's always standing next to. He's like he's six Yeah, yeah. That he always looks so tiny. I'm like, yeah, he's, and yeah. he also is kind of small of build. You know, like he actually is kind of a tiny little guy. Six two. I do think. Man, I'm really short. I do think with that quote. And if you go back all those years, at that point, like I feel like Michael Malone was identifying with the city of Denver in terms of um, he had, you know, gotten fired in Sacramento. People wrote him off a little bit. Uh, he was kind of like an underdog at that point. Scrappy, just really have to, you know, fight tooth and nail for any respect. Kind of like the Nuggets at that point. Yeah. Time. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, he's here to stay. 2027, I don't know if we can say for sure that Jokic will never play for another head coach, but this sure puts that question at least in the far distance, you know, the far distant future. Mm -hmm. The Nuggets are going to play out this title window as current as far as we can see it the next three seasons. They're going to play that out with Michael Malone leading them uh, along the way, and I honestly think that Look, Michael Malone does a lot of stuff that I disagree with. We, we spent most of yesterday's show debating some of the choices that he makes and some of what we perceive projecting the thought process of why he might do that. And it's fun to do in sports. That's part of the appeal. But there's the, the forest and then there's the trees. And every day we get up here and critique the trees. The forest is beautiful. 
It's really beautiful. It's a gorgeous forest. The most beautiful forest in Denver Nuggets history. And that's what makes this whole experience so so great. And, and that's what makes Michael Malone the man for the job now and, and obviously for the next several years. What does that make us? Just the dudes on shrooms wandering around the forest? That's, that's yeah. a good description of what we're I'd doing. Say that's yeah. us. We're, we're spirit guides yeah. leading a spirit quest. Yeah. Join us. Join us on the spirit quest. Yeah. Like, wow, the spirit quest is so amazing. This tree right here. Knocks on it, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good sounding tree. You hear the the funky music, uh-huh. yeah, when the wind blows. Um, got a couple super chats. Mile high sing, fellas, who's getting a new contract extension next? Me. Actually, uh, probably Calvin Booth. Calvin, oh yeah, that's right. They really should. When, when, when he, they insert Jalen Pickett in about a week and a half and he goes for a triple-double, it's like, all right, Calvin, uh-huh. let's get over here. They've they've heard, they, they already have the graphic made, so they can just pump it <laughs> That's out. That's right. What a callback. The president of basketball what operations right now. Now's the time. Now, now it's good. <laughs> uh, Heising again. Should the Nuggets sign a free agent like Austin Rivers? Probably uh, not. We got, we got a runway for that, man. We start, first, you got to play your yeah. other players. You Recycle know? that. Thank you for the super chat. Bring it back up in March. Yeah, March, yeah. man. February. March. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us full hour today. Hit that like button for us on the way out. We'll see you tomorrow.